Well, good afternoon. And hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to the famous five. Five on a treasure island. And we are on chapter five. So it's all the fives today. Five... Chapter five, sorry, is called A Visit to the Island. Oh my goodness, how exciting. Right. The children's aunt arranged a picnic for them the next day and they all went off to a little cove not far away where they could swim and paddle to their heart's content. They had a wonderful day, but secretly Julie and Dick and Anne wished they could have visited George's Island. They would rather have done that than anything. George didn't want to go for the picnic. Not because she disliked picnics, but because she couldn't take her dog. Her mother went with them and George had to spend a whole day without her beloved Timothy. Bad luck, said Julian, who guessed what she was unhappy about. I do think you should tell your mum about Tim. I'm sure she wouldn't mind you letting someone else keep him for you. I know my mum wouldn't mind. I'm not going to tell anybody but you, said George. I'm always getting into trouble at home. It's probably my own fault, but I get a bit tired of it. You see, Dad doesn't make much money with the books he writes and he's always wanting to give mum and me things he can't afford. So that makes him bad-tempered. He wants to send me away to a good school, but he hasn't got the money. I'm glad. I don't want to go away to school. I like being here. I couldn't bear to part with Timothy. Oh, you'd like boarding school, said Anne. We all go. It's fun. No, it isn't, said George obstinately. It must be awful to be one of a crowd and to have other girls all laughing and yelling around you. I'd hate it. No, you wouldn't, said Anne. All that's great fun. I think it'd be good for you, George. Don't start telling me what's good for me, said George, suddenly looking very fierce. Mum and Dad are always saying that things are good for me and they're always the things I don't like. All right, all right, said Julian, beginning to laugh. No need to flare up like that. Honestly, I think we could light a fire from the sparks that fly from your eyes sometimes. That made George laugh, although she didn't want to. It was really impossible to sulk with Julian around. They went off to swim in the sea for the fifth time that day. Soon they were all splashing about happily and George helped Anne to swim better. The younger girl hadn't got the right stroke and George felt really proud when she had taught her. Oh, thanks, said Anne, struggling along. I'll never be as good as you, but I'd like to be as good as the boys. As they were going home, George spoke to Julian. Could you say that you want to go and buy a stamp or something, she said. Then I could go with you and just look in on Tim. He'll be wondering why I haven't taken him out today. Sure, said Julian. I don't want stamps, but I could do with an ice cream. Dick and Anne can go home with your mum and carry the things. I'll just go and tell Aunt Fanny. He ran up to his aunt. Do you think... You'd mind if I go and buy some ice creams, he asked. We haven't had one today. I won't be long. Can George go with me? I don't expect she'll want to, said his aunt, but you can ask her. 
George, come with me, yelled Julian, setting off to the little village at a great pace. George gave a sudden grin and ran after him. She soon caught him up and smiled gratefully at him. Thanks, she said. You go and get the ice creams and I'll go and see Tim. They parted. Julian bought four ice creams and turned to go home. He waited about for George, who came running up after a few minutes. Her face was glowing. He's all right, she said. He was really pleased to see me. He nearly jumped over my head. Oh, another ice cream for me. Thanks so much, Julian. I'll have to share something with you quickly. What about going to my island tomorrow? Yes, said Julian, his eyes shining. That would be brilliant. Come on, let's tell the others. The four children sat in the garden eating their ice creams. Julian told them what George had said. They all felt excited. George was pleased. She'd always felt quite important before when she'd refused to take any of the other children to see Kieran Island. But it felt much nicer somehow to have agreed to row her cousins there. I used to think it was much, much nicer always to do things on my own, she thought as she sucked the last bits of her ice cream. But it's going to be fun doing things with Julian and the others. The children were sent to wash themselves and to get tidy before supper. They talked eagerly about the visit to the island next day. Their aunt heard them and smiled. Well, I really must say I'm pleased that George is going to share something with you, she said. Would you like to take your dinner there and spend the day? It's hardly worthwhile rowing all the way there and landing unless you're going to spend some hours there. <gasps> oh, Fanny, that'd be great, cried Anne. George looked up. Are you coming too, Mum? she asked. You don't sound at all as if you want me to, said her mother in a hurt tone. You looked cross yesterday too when you found I was coming then. No, I won't come tomorrow. But I'm sure your cousins must think you're an odd girl, never to want your mother to go with you. George said nothing. She hardly ever did say a word when she was told off. <clears throat> the others said nothing too. They knew perfectly well that it wasn't that George didn't want her mother to go. It was just that she wanted Timothy with her. Anyway, I couldn't come, went on Aunt Fanny. I've some gardening to do. You'll be quite safe with George. She can handle a boat like a grown-up. The three children looked eagerly at the weather the next day when they got up. The sun was shining and everything seemed splendid. Isn't it a gorgeous day? said Anne to George as they dressed. I'm so looking forward to going to the island. I'm not sure we should go after all, said George unexpectedly. Oh, but why? cried Anne in dismay. I think there's going to be a storm or something, said George, looking out to the southwest. But George, why do you say that, said Anne impatiently. Look at the sun. Anne, there's hardly a cloud in the sky. The wind is wrong, said George, and can't you see the little white tops of the waves out there by my island? That's always a bad sign. Oh, George, it will be the biggest disappointment of our lives if we don't go today, said Anne, who couldn't bear any disappointment, big or small. And besides, she added craftily, if we hang about the house afraid of a storm, we won't be able to have Tim with us. 
Yes, that's true, said George. All right, we'll go. But mind, if a storm does come, you are not to be a baby. You're to try and enjoy it and not be frightened. Well, I don't much like storms, began Anne, but stopped when she saw George's scornful look. They went down to breakfast and George asked her mother if they could take their dinner as they'd planned. Yes, said her mother, you and Anne can help to make the sandwiches. You boys can go into the garden and pick some ripe plums to take with you. Julian, you can go down to the village when you've done that and buy some bottles of lemonade or ginger beer, whichever you like. Ginger beer for me, thanks, said Julian, and everyone else said the same. They all felt very happy. It would be exciting to visit the strange little island. And George felt happy because she would be with Tim all day. They set off at last, the food in two rucksacks. The first thing they did was to fetch Tim. He was tied up in Alf's back garden. Alf himself was there and grinned at George. Morning, George, he said. Tim has been barking his head off for you. I guess he knew you were coming for him today. Of course he did, said George, untying him. He at once went completely mad and tore around and around the children, his tail down, his ears flat. He'd win any race if only he were a greyhound, said Julian admiringly. You can hardly see him for dust. Tim, hey, Tim, come and say good morning. Tim leapt up and licked Julian's left ear as he passed on his whirlwind way. Then he sobered down and ran lovingly by George as they all made their way to the beach. He licked George's bare legs every now and again and she pulled at his ears gently. They got into the boat and George pushed off. Alf waved to them. You won't be very long, will you? He called. There's a storm blowing up. Bad one it'll be too. I know, shouted back George, but maybe we'll get back before it begins. It's pretty far off yet. George rowed all the way to the island. Tim stood at each end of the boat in turn, barking when the waves reared up at him. The children watched the island coming closer and closer. It looked even more exciting than it had the other day. George, where are you going to land? asked Julian. I don't know how you find your way in and out of these rocks. I'm afraid every moment we'll bump into them. I'm going to land at the little cove I told you about the other day, said George. There's only one way to it, but I know it very well. It's hidden away on the east side of the island. The girl cleverly worked her boat in and out of the rocks, and suddenly, as it rounded a low wall of sharp rocks, The others saw the cove she had spoken of. It was like a natural little harbour and was a smooth inlet of water running up to a stretch of sand sheltered between high rocks. The boat slid into the inlet and at once stopped rocking, for here the water was like glass and had hardly a ripple. This is Brilliant, said Julian, his eyes shining with delight. George looked at him and her eyes shone too, as bright as the sea itself. It was the first time she had ever taken anyone to her precious island and she was enjoying it. They landed on the smooth yellow sand. Oh, 
we're really on the island, said Anne, and she capered about, Tim joining her and looking as mad as she did. The others laughed. George pulled the boat high up on the sand. Why so far up, said Julian, helping her. The tide's almost in, isn't it? Surely it won't come as high as this. I told you, I thought a storm was coming, said George. If one does, the waves simply tear up this inlet and we don't want to lose our boat, do we? Let's explore the island, let's explore the island, yelled Anne, who was now at the top of the little natural harbour, climbing up the rocks there. Come on! They all followed her. It was a very exciting place. Rabbits were everywhere. They scuttled about as the children appeared, but did not go into their holes. Aren't they tame, said Julian in surprise. Well, nobody ever comes here but me, said George, and I don't frighten them. Tim, Tim, if you go after the rabbits, I will be furious. Tim turned big, sorrowful eyes onto George. He and George agreed about every single thing except rabbits. To Tim, rabbits were made for one thing, to chase. He could never understand why George wouldn't let him do this. But he held himself in and walked solemnly by the children, his eyes watching the lolloping rabbits longingly. I believe they would almost eat out of my hand, said Julian. But George shook her head. No, I've tried that with them, she said. They won't. Oh, look at those baby ones. Aren't they lovely? Woof, said Tim, agreeing. And he took a few steps towards them. George made a warning noise in her throat and Tim walked back, walked back his tail down. There's the castle, said Julian. Shall we explore that now? I really want to. Yes, we will, said George. Look, that's where the entrance used to be, through that big broken archway. <clears throat> the children gazed at the enormous old archway, now half broken down. Behind it were ruined stone steps, <clears throat> excuse me, leading towards the centre of the castle. It had strong walls all around it with two towers, said George. One tower is almost gone, as you can see, but the other isn't so bad. The jackdaws build in that every year. They've almost filled it up with their sticks. As they came near to the better tower of the two, the jackdaws circled around them with loud cries of, Jack, Jack, Jack! Tim leapt into the air as if he thought he could get them, but they only called mockingly to him. This is the centre of the castle, said George, as they entered through a ruined doorway into what looked like a great yard, whose stone floor was now overgrown with grass and other weeds. Here's where the people used to live. You can see where the rooms were. Look, there's one almost hole there. Go through that little door and you'll see it. <clears throat> They trooped through a doorway and found themselves in a dark, stone-walled, stone-roofed room with a space at one end where a fireplace must have been. Two slit-like windows lit the room. It felt very strange and mysterious. 
What a pity it's all broken down, said Julian, wandering out again. That room seems to be the only one quite whole. There are some others here, but all of them seem to have either no roof or one or other of the walls gone. That room is the only livable one. Was there an upstairs to the castle, George? Of course, said George, but the steps that led up are gone. Look, you can see part of the upstairs room there, by the jackdaw's tower. You can't get up to it, though, because I've tried. I nearly broke my neck trying to get up. The stones just crumble away. Were there any dungeons? asked Dick. I don't know, said George. I expect so. But nobody could find them now. Everywhere is so overgrown. It was indeed overgrown. Big blackberry bushes grew here and there and a few gauze bushes forced their way into gaps and corners. The coarse green grass sprang everywhere and pink thrift grew its cushions in holes and crannies. Well, I think it's a lovely place, said Anne. Completely and absolutely lovely. Do you really, said George, pleased. I'm so glad. Look, we're right on the other side of the island now, facing the sea. Do you see those rocks with those big birds sitting there? The children looked. They saw some rocks sticking up with great black shining birds sitting on them in strange positions. They're cormorants, said George. They've caught plenty of fish for their dinner and they're sitting there digesting it. Oh, they're all flying away. I wonder why. She soon knew. For from the southwest, there suddenly came an ominous rumble. Thunder, said George. That's the storm. It's coming sooner than I thought. Ooh. That's not good, is it, being caught on the island? Hopefully their boat will be fine. Well, tomorrow we'll find out if anything happens during the storm. Because we'll read chapter six. Oh, do you know what? You don't know how happy I am reading this book. I love this book so much. Anyway, um... Join me again tomorrow for chapter six and we will see what happens next. So you make sure that you take care and you stay safe and I will see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.